0: Hey, and welcome to a, another episode of AT banter. Banter Turban. I I don't even know what that I I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know what I don't know what just happened. Oh. Variety, man, it's about variety.
1: Sobriety? No, it's definitely not about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. Uh, hey, where was I? Hey, my name is Rob Minot. And joining me today, Mr. Steve Barkley. That would be me. So you get maybe, rewarded for for, th- for throwing me off. There you go. I think I just and... threw myself off, too. <laughs> and Mr. Ryan Flurry is also here. And that's I. And we also have Miss Liz Malone.
2: And back in the dungeon, I go.
0: That's right, but I got your name right.
2: That's, it was a Liz. There was <laughs> s- There was a. S- there, was a z-
0: there was no Z. There and was a, a little. There's z- a z-, z-, z, not a you, s-
2: have, you have to resist your urge to make the Z sound. The really? Z All right. sound.
3: We're gonna ask the audience to rename Liz. I just, listen, maybe I just need some
2: voice <laughs>
0: lessons. <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: now taking suggestions for the, the rest of her life.
3: <laughs> it's too hard to pronounce <laughs> It's too many letters
0: <laughs> all right we'll make a reality show out of it it'll be like an extreme extreme life makeover <laughs> AT banter edition and Liss will be our first participant how's everybody hmm Jim Dandy good
2: still getting the uh Canadian wildfire smoke down here but are you yeah it's still coming down to the states yeah
0: wow I didn't think that that was still going on you don't hear it in the news but I guess the uh the Titanic sub kind of overtook the Canadian wildfire smoke
2: yeah tragedy always trumps you know environment
0: yeah very true
2: yeah um well
1: as well, much, much as you might be suffering with the smoke down there i would point out that we are getting the uh forest fire fires up here
0: we're,
2: we're on <laughs>
1: yeah. fire yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you might be coughing we're on fire Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that well
2: you know what i mean listen maybe you need to wake up those little men in the canoe <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was gonna say something, but it's too soon, so I won't. <laughs> wow, <okay. laughs>
2: really to... Oh, lord! Yeah, yes. I
3: have to see
0: see where that went off. I'll oh, no. phone, oh, phone run tomorrow and see. <laughs> um. Hi, okay, we covered how everybody's doing. Everyone's doing good. Uh. So uh, I don't know. Any Any other anything else to bring up? We're all back together again. I feel like this, again, it's been in like a
3: few weeks. I know.
2: Mm. Liz
3: was gone again. and
2: I was in New York. New York. Yes.
3: Nice. Mm. And
0: what were you doing there?
2: Um, I was attending a book conference, uh, Thriller Fest.
0: Mm. See, now I'm yeah. going to Google that to make sure that's a real thing. Because I yes. you notice whenever we ask Liz where she's been and what she was doing it, it's always this it's always this pause and then it's like really slow I feel like she's just making this up as as she goes I don't
2: yeah no I really uh, yes I, I was know. at Thriller Fest it is the inter. No it's run by the International Thriller Writers Association
4: mm-hmm. right and
2: it's the uh the big conference where all of the writers agents you know publishers all get together and uh you know network and pitch their books and I get to see some of my clients and hmm. yeah,
0: you guys all get drunk and do the thriller dance.
2: There was a little drinking done.
0: Yeah. So figured... Thriller
2: dance. I don't know. I don't know. I, what happens at Thriller Fest stays at Thriller Fest.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that sounds like a, uh, like a good time. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, how long were you there for?
2: Hmm. Four days, okay, just kidding. Days. Nobody
0: cares. Okay, let's move on. No, uh,
3: okay. <laughs> Sorry, Liz.
0: I don't know. I missed you. That's why I'm... I'm uh, yeah, I can like,
2: Really, I can tell. It's like, we're, it's like we're in grade two
0: and I'm pulling your hair because I like you. Oh, Lord. Yeah, see, there you go.
2: Um,
0: so, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. Uh, why don't you tell the fine folks at home uh, just what the heck we're doing today?
3: Well, today we have the CEO and founder of the company Eyes joining us to shed some light on their application called Oco, which has been in the news recently. And I'm looking forward to hearing how this app works, what it does, how it all started. So, Michael, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you very much for having me. Nice to meet you all as well
3: yeah
0: we are excited uh to have you we've been talking about actually about your app for quite a while actually since we've we first heard about it so we're really excited to have you on so maybe why don't we just start with um just giving us a little bit of a a brief overview generally
4: speaking i'm I'm now calling from new york so i don't think liz lives too far because <laughs> she was visiting <laughs> uh new york quite recently but um originally i'm uh, belgian um and we sold, also started our company there. Eyes about, I mean, in the summary, will be two years, so that's uh, pretty cool. The reason why we um, got into developing and just generally uh, incorporating our company is due to the fact that we have a blind friend in Belgium named Kenny, um, and he was actually one of the main drivers into, yeah, starting up our company and and developing yet because he just generally learned ourselves um, what his challenges were navigating as a blind person in Belgium. But quite rapidly, we, we saw those similar, let's say challenges being faced in throughout Europe, but just generally all over the world. Um, and about now two years ago, we, we started to develop, um, the, what is now the OCO app, um, and generally speaking before talking a bit more about the OCO app, I think at two years ago, again, we started to realize that um, a lot of cities also, generally speaking, have difficulties when it comes down to accessibility at large. Um, but for our case specifically, we were um, very interested to what extent cities um, install what we call an APS, an, an accessible pedestrian signal. And unfortunately, to our knowledge, uh, we were kind of surprised to see that there's like a couple of percentages of uh, pedestrian signals in cities that only have these physical audible signals. So what we wanted to do is provide an alternative um, in the form factor of a mobile application. Um, And that's, let's say, one of the main drivers why we we started off with OCO. And what OCO these days uh, do, basically, is that we use the smartphone back camera and artificial intelligence to visually interpret the pedestrian signal. Uh, So it's a bit similar to what, for example, a physical audible signal would do, but we do that through uh, your smartphone. And how it basically works is that whenever you're at a certain intersection, um, you can open up the application, you can uh, put your phone against the chest, which is the best way to to use um, the application to, one, catch the light at the other side of the road, but also economically for you, it's easy to hold it at chest level. Um, and generally speaking, whenever a traffic light is in sight, we immediately inform you about the status of that pedestrian signal. And here in the United States, which is a bit different than um, in Europe, here in the United States, there's three types of statuses, let's say. Um, there's a the walk signal, then there's the don't walk signal, and thirdly, there's a the countdown status Um, and for all of these different statuses, we provide a different type of, uh, feedback and we actually like differentiate ourselves, but there's, uh, three types of feedback. Um, one of them is an audible cue. A second one is a vibration or a haptic cue and thirdly, there's visual feedback. So we always try to provide any type of feedback to convey the physical uh, status of that pedestrian signal to any type of feedback that the user wants. So a lot of people rely on audio, some, uh, rely on, uh, haptic alone. So it's basically a user setting. Um, but what's important to note is that the feedback is similarly, and we, we also see it quite intuitive, but it's similarly to what a physical audible signal does. So for example, OCO detects a walk signal, um, our app will provide a fast beep and a fast vibration to indicate that OCO sees a walk signal. And for a walk, don't walk signal, that's a very slow beep and a very slow vibration. Um, so that's generally the, the basic gist on on what the core value is of uh, our OCO application. I think what the main value to a lot of people here in the United States is that we provide the availability uh, the ability to just explore any city, whether you're here in New York or just throughout the nation, that you can just go anywhere, anytime, open up the OCO application and interpret the petition signal yourself without having to rely on yeah, any other infrastructure changement to your, uh, to your specific need. Um, so that's one side. And on the other side, of course, um, Artificial intelligence, and there's a lot of things uh, going on with AI these days, Uh, but we have a pretty unique approach in a sense that all the AI happens locally on the smartphone, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, But in a sense, that means that there's no reliant or there's no Wi-Fi or setup connection required on our end. So in a sense, you can even use Oco offline, which is also a great value uh, so that you can just rely on it everywhere you go. The only uh, thing that you need to have, of course, is a battery charged uh, to a certain level. And I think in addition to uh, providing the, the status of, of the the walk or don't walk signal, again, it's something that we've learned uh, through talking to a lot of people, because since day one, we've been co-creating the Oco app with the community, and it's something that we still do uh, with, more of a focus these days here in the U.S. What we have actually discovered is that in addition to providing the status of the lights, that we can also provide a better sense of orientation, but also help with, uh, not veering off into traffic. And I think to, to go a bit more into detail in, in both of them, the first part being the orientation aspect, imagine that you're, um, at an intersection that is signalized. It's very important to hold the phone at chest level, um, which is an ideal height to catch to capture the light. But what we then say and, and advise to people is that, for example, your parallel street is on the right that you start, start rotating your upper body away from that parallel street and gradually move towards that parallel street. And the reason why is if you do that particular scanning, there will be a certain moment in time that the camera will catch up that light at the other side of the road. um, And makes you also, or provides you that certain orientation where you should line up yourselves, if there's no, for example, no truncated domes or tactile patients. So that's one addition that some people might use it for. Um, And the second one is the veering off. Um, Imagine again, you're at the intersection the walk signal comes on, you feel and hear a fast beep. A lot of people continue to hold their phone at chest level. Is a moment that you're veering off into traffic left or right. There will be a moment in time that the camera and hence OCO won't longer see the pedestrian signal. And that means that the feedback will also stop. So you won't hear or feel anything. And at that point in time, there's a lot of people then that reorient themselves um, to find and catch the light again. So again, that orientation aspect, um, such that they can follow the sound or the vibration along crossing the roads um, to be able to, yeah, let's say, straightly or more straightly cross streets. Um, and I think, of course, it's it's always a, a good thing to to remember. Uh, and we, we can't emphasize it enough. Our technology, of course, is an extra tool in your toolbox, um, and it shouldn't be any replacement of good o skills, orientation and mobility skills, or um, a wide, wide cane or a guide dog, for example. It's just providing you more information on what's going on in the physical world um, to make a more considered decision uh, whenever it's safe to go and cross streets. So that's more or less like a short and bigger background on... Uh, on what we de- do here at ice and with our OPA applications
0: yeah so that's really interesting so you said two things that are that are huge green flags uh you, you know the, the 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 fact that you guys have worked with the community to develop this but also that you aren't looking to replace other you know tried and true uh o m skills and devices you know we, we there are so many apps out there that just you know, that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're like, yeah, this is going to replace the cane. We're going to, you know, we're going to make a smart cane that can do everything and cook you breakfast. uh, And and it weighs, you know, 60 pounds and is $3,000, but, uh, you know, everybody's going to want this. Or the, you know, robotic guide dogs. We, you know, we've heard it all. So it's really kind of refreshing to hear that, you know, this is something that's really just designed to provide an extra layer of, of information um and be fill in those accessibility gaps that are out there because yeah you're absolutely right especially in smaller um cities you know not every uh crosswalk has a, an audible signal system so um mm-hmm. i can see how this this is going to be incredibly useful to a lot of people
4: yeah yeah totally totally makes sense and i think to to add to that as well i think to give you, uh, the audience also a bit of a, a background on uh, before or how it was before, uh, we actually focused on delivering software alone through the Oco app. All the way in the beginning, we, we had the idea to also build some sort of like wearable that was uh, worn around the chest with some sort of like harness. Um, but we quickly realized that current uh, smartphones and very in particular current iPhones are such a strong device when it comes down to the computational resources, the efficiency of battery, or just the camera that it has, and quite quite quickly we realized that it, it wouldn't make sense to build any a t device that's maybe a thousand, two thousand, three thousand bucks, whatever the the retail price would be. So we were more from the belief that we wanted to deliver it in a very natural fashion, which is just a mobile app. That you can just download in the app and fun thing to note as well it's a free app um so you can just download it in the app store it's right now only uh, in the us so not yet in uh, in canada um so that was also our belief that if you want to really impact a lot of people the only way is to do it with current at devices that they already have and of course the iphone is a great example which you use for also many other tasks or apps or just getting a phone call for example um and a fun fact actually in in belgium the uh, the iphone is actually a tool that is reimbursed from the government onward. so they already see the huge value in those types of devices um so that's that's pretty cool to uh, to see those evolutions
3: you say that it's currently only available in the us is there a reason why it's restricted there
4: yeah sure very good question we we started off Uh, with the OCO app in Belgium about a year and a half ago. And so generally the the technology relies on artificial intelligence, which is generally interpreting based on an image that comes in, whether there is first a pedestrian light located in that image and then uh, defining what the status is, uh, whether walk, don't walk or countdown is on. So that's, let's say the basic understanding. And in uh, in, in order to launch our service in a certain country, it requires a lot of data of country specific traffic lights. Um, Cause for example, in Belgium, and I would say generally, maybe just Europe, the traffic lights are generally the same, but if you then compare it to, to the U S or Canada, the traffic lights are totally different um, here in the U S. And I think mostly also in Canada, Um, you see a red hand to indicate the don't walk signal and a white walking person to indicate the walk symbol. But in Europe, for example, it's a green man and a red man. So it's totally different. And that induces also um, let's say the technical barrier, which is collecting data in a lot of cities across the US in a lot of uh, weather conditions as well. Like because there's a traffic light that needs to be detected whether the sun is uh, there whether it's uh, night or if it's raining or if there is snow. So there's a lot of variety that needs to be captured in order for our system to learn from it. Um, and that's one of the main drivers, that say, why we launch our OCO app one country to another, um, to really make sure that the technology is working as good as it is in any other country that we're alive in already.
0: I'm really curious to ask a little bit about the AI and the and how that is incorporated into the app.
4: Yeah, good question. Um, I think there's some parts more from a usability point of view that we've learned with the community, for example, like how to position the phone, uh, do that certain sweep or continue to hold the phone when crossing streets. So that's all non-AI related. And I would say more like, yeah, usability point of view or user experience. But I think the the general um, feature, which is the recognition of pedestrian signals, that is, of course, all relying on uh, artificial intelligence. And very specifically, it is computer vision. Um, all it does or all computer vision does is, for example, if you're sighted, you can interpret the pedestrian signal. You've learned through, for example, your childhood or just your whole life what a certain pedestrian traffic light looks like. So you have a general understanding in your brain, what that is and and how it looks like. And it's basically what the computer vision or what we call deep learning actually tries to mimic as well. It's like how a brain functions, but then try to translate it and let it be learned by a computer. And in order to let a computer learn what a, in our scenario, of course, a pedestrian signal is, it requires a vast amount of data, which I quickly touched upon in a variety amount of uh, scenarios, different cities or different weather scenarios. And to be to be honest, I think in our scenario, we, we have millions of pictures of pedestrian signals, uh, whether it's in the US or in Belgium, uh, that needed to be gathered before launch or before the actual launch of the OCO app. But I think that the beautiful thing about um, AI as well, and of course also our, our product, is that it's also a self learning slash self maintaining, um, algorithm, let's say, and in the sense that if you're at an intersection and you use our technology to, to scan for a pedestrian signal and you happen to, to get one, taking the example of a walk signal and you, you detected that what you can do. And that's a privacy setting. within the app, if you agree, you can share an image to our service. And all it does is that we can gather images of all people using our technology all across the nation. And in a sense, you're contributing, with contributing your image, you contribute to uh, making a better application for yourself, people living in that same city, or just generally people here uh, across the US, which is great. Um, so that's the let's say the main driver is really getting that data, but also of course, um our in-house model that process, processes all these data points and learns from it um as we go
0: so really it's it sounds like just the fact that it's out there in the wild and the people are using it that's automatically like making the app better day by day
4: yeah that's totally true yeah. and that's why also a lot of people agree by sending over these data points all things aside of course they're all anonymized so there's no way to link a certain image to a certain user Uh, so that's taken care of but in a sense a lot of people do want to agree because yeah they just generally get a better uh better experience after all
0: so you also mentioned the, the fact that it can kind of keep you going straight if you're if you're once you're walking across the street it, is AI driving that? Like, how does it determine whether or not you're either within the bounds of, say, a, a crosswalk or you're just crossing a street that, say, it doesn't have a crosswalk, but it does have a light?
4: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting. So the technology in general works with line of sight. So um, what we mean by that is that within the imagery that the, the the camera takes in, there needs to be a pedestrian light in that let's say frame. If there's no pedestrian light, the OCO app will be silent. If there's a pedestrian light, you will get that information through the audible or vibration cues or even visual cues. Um, And the moment that you're, uh, for example, the walk signal comes on, you initiate your crossing. The moment that you're about to veer off, there will be a moment in time that visually the pedestrian light will get out of that certain frame that is processed by uh, our AI and that moment will be there. And you'll uh, notice that the feedback automatically stops. So a lot of people, we, we, we say that there's some sort of like spatial corridor that we generate. And if you go out that spatial corridor, you know, that you're pairing off, and you should reorient yourself using your upper body and the iPhone to try to find and locate. The additional light again, Um, and of course, given that we're or that's that's basically how it works right now. But given that we're still a startup and and things are uh, moving along, we've been receiving a lot of feedback on uh, how to, for example, provide more granularity to to mean, for example, hey, you're veering off left or you're veering off right, such that you can get an even a better understanding on on how you're uh, walking in the physical world, as opposed to right now, it's just following the sound. And if that sound stops, you know, that you're not going in the right direction. So it's a, it's a thing of continuity to, to always improve the app. And that's also why we value talking to individuals to talking to orientation and mobility specialists, any certain individual or organization that is serving blind and low vision is, is particularly interested to us. Cause that's how, the product will become even better by implementing their feedback.
0: So can you speak a little bit uh, to how important it was when you were developing the app to sort of make it lightweight and sort of make it friendly for people who are going to be using it when they're out and about and they might not have both hands, they might be you know, mm-hmm. in the middle of a crowd or traffic, like how, how much did that sort of factor into the, the development of some of the features?
4: That's a, that's a good question. Um, I think what we, uh, learned throughout as well, cause, um, from the, the let's say the start, we, we always imagined that people, uh, would have like one hand free. Uh, but of course that's, that's not always the case. So throughout that journey, we, we actually learned that there's quite some uh, simple solutions to that. For example, um, a lanyard or a pouch or any, um, let's say solution that uh, enables you to let the let the phone hang loose around your neck or even around your wrist. And in a sense, what a lot of people uh, use it for is that the app is open in the background, for, uh, sorry, not in the background, the app is open uh, while yeah, just walking through a certain city. Um, and that enables them to also from one block to another, immediately get the status of that signal when approaching a certain signalized intersection. So you already have a better understanding of what's going on even before you're at the curb, for example. So that's, that's one way to do it, to do it. But if you just want to open it at a certain intersection, people also use their, their lanyard, um, in, in parallel with, for example, Siri. You say, "Hey Siri, open Oco." Um, and whenever, and that's the beautiful thing about it, of course. Whenever you're, whenever you're in the application, it automatically starts looking for pedestrian signals. So there's no um, other action required besides opening the application. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's let's say for ease right. of use and ease of confidence. How I would say a lot of people actually use our technology if you don't right. have a pre hand.
0: So how long did the, the app really take to develop?
4: Uh, also a great question uh, we, we started off in July, 2021. And then I think it took about three, four months ish whenever we had like the first beta, um, but then we went through a very extensive and intensive, um, beta testing program which um had like i think it was a little over than 100 people that were blind and low vision mostly were centered in belgium and the netherlands because we just spoke the language which was easier to uh iterate fast on on how things were moving along so i would say all in all it took us half year seven months before we actually launched it in the app store in belgium and from there on We've been continuously updating the app, I think every other two weeks, two, three weeks-ish. Um, there's an update, whether it's something uh, in, in the user experience that changes, or there's a major update in uh, the algorithms that we're, we're using. Um, so we're always trying to um, yeah, get the feedback implemented as quickly as possible and try to react um, to that feedback, basically.
2: Michael, are there any limitations um, that y- that you guys have uncovered with the app? I, and I'm just sort of thinking of my own experience, like at a at some of the intersections, um, whether there are any limitations in terms of the distance, because sometimes you'll have intersections which are literally six. Lanes thick, and they'll have like an island, and it's sort of expected that you know people who can see all the way across can stop at the island, like you know, bit in between traffic, um, and or light glare situations. Because sometimes even fully sighted people have difficulty seeing the signals um, during certain times of the day because of the way the ca- the, the shadows cast, and and the, it almost seems completely non-existent in terms of what the signals are saying.
4: Yeah, the, there are actually two great questions, although there's a third thing that I also found interesting, which I haven't touched upon. Um, but I think generally speaking, um, we have been ourselves, of course, and our users have been using it quite intensively over the past three, four months. Um, the most, or let's say in terms of width of the intersection, the most that we um, have had great success with was, let's say, on average, eight or nine lanes. Um, but again, it, it always comes down to getting data points on intersections that are even broader than eight or nine lanes um, and getting that in the algorithm, making a new model out of it, and then deploying it uh, to all users. So that's a thing that is also improving, not only in terms of the accuracy, but also on wider intersections that our app is also um, continuing to improve on broader intersections. So I, I would say right now, it's like an average of eight of nine. Um, and I think something you mentioned as well, middle islands, that's actually also an interesting one. Um, cause some people might, uh, think like what's going on if there's like one pedestrian signal, so one crossing, there's a middle island and then there's another light to cross the second part of the, the, the street. That's also something that is built into our AI, let's say um to the extent that we only provide information about the first pedestrian signal that you're about to cross and whenever you're near the uh, middle islands it will catch up the next one and provide you the information about the the second one and i think that's also a pretty interesting value proposition because to my knowledge of course being here in new york if you have an, uh, an audible, a physical audible, um, pedestrian signal with a, tref- uh, with a middle island, you first need to push the button to uh, go to the, to the middle island. And then you need to find the push button on the middle island to get the status of the, f- the, the following, uh, crosswalk. So what it also enables to a lot of people is to have some sort of like continuation using our products as you're going for the first one, you're nearing that middle line you immediately get feedback um, of the second light without going to to search for, for that blue button. so that's also something great that we've also discovered talking to people um and i think the 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 second major question was uh, how is it working for example with some light hitting the position signal i think we always make the analogy and I'm sighted myself, by the way. I, I maybe I should have mentioned that in the beginning. Um, but generally speaking, we always make the analogy: if a sighted person can interpret whether the walk signal or the don't walk signal is on, our system using the camera can also do the similar job. Let's say. Um, but true, true to be told, because I was traveling uh, when we launched our Oco app in March. I was traveling in Florida, where we started to traveling Florida and being the, the the sunshine state, of course, there was a lot of sudden hitting some of those pedestrian signals. And personally, I wasn't able to see the pedestrian signal, but our OCO app was still able to do that. So it also being an engineer, it was, it also amazed how well it was even functioning, um, as opposed to myself, not being able to see the light at the other, uh, side of the road. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, And I actually had a similar occasion the other day here in New York, where it was hard for me to argue which was which, but the app was still able to uh, to catch it in in a good fashion. So that's that's pretty cool.
2: And it doesn't. So if it if it isn't sure. I don't know if it, if that ever happens, but it it never guesses. So if it's sort of like eh, it can't really pick it up, it doesn't give you any signal at all. Correct?
4: No, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, if it's not sure, it will it, it will just basically be silent. Um, and that's also there's some there's quite some safety mechanisms implemented into uh, our uh, Oco application because generally, and that's maybe a bit uh, linked to the, the story related to AI. For example, you have one image and you analyze what the status is of that pedestrian signal. For example, walk. Um, we, we just don't automatically convey the information based out of one frame. We do some sort of like majority voting on multiple frames and some other things that we internally do to really make sure that there's like yeah, that majority vote. And then we broadcast whether the, the status is a walk signal or don't signal, you know, or a countdown signal. So indeed, yeah, it never guesses. See, it's better
0: than us. <laughs> We'd just be like,
2: ah, run, <laughs> You know what? But you know what? You know what? What bugs me out about some of the AI technology, and not I'm not saying for, for in, in this case with with OCO, but with just some of the platforms that are out there that if it, if AI, if their technology doesn't know what it's doing, it just tries to do it anyway. Like sometimes (laughs) like with the art, you ask it to like, you know, it'll just like, you, you end up like you say, Oh, I want like, you know, create me a, you know, a a woman holding a bow and arrow and she's wearing a blue shirt or whatever. And then you end up getting like this arm is like, not even, it's not even proportioned or it's like contorted (laughs) or something like that. And it just like guesses and it's like, I'm going to force an answer anyway. So
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's totally true, and that's where why we put like another extra layer, which is non AI, on top of that AI. To, of course, AI, and the, in all honesty, there's AI generally always produces a certain output, and we internally have our yeah basically another algorithm on top of that um, to either filter or do some other things on that, and then provide that output to to the user if that makes sense right
0: um so how has the response been from the community
4: the response has been great i think in the in the past three months that we've been live here in the us we have crossed uh almost or a little over than two hundred thousand intersections which is a vast amount um and those 200 thousands come from uh, a couple of thousands of users and i think we um, we also see, of course, in an anonymized way uh, where um, certain people are using it in certain regions. I think we're in 48, streets, uh, sorry, 48 states already. Um, of, of course, the majority of, of our usage is more like on the East and the West Coast or center around those two areas. Uh, but a lot of people think about our technology being a game changer because they can now yeah, more freely explored places where before they wouldn't feel confident, for example, cause there was no physical audible signal. Um, and unfortunately, there's also a lot of people that, uh, were struck by a car accident, for example, in the past and didn't feel confident anymore or went outside with a, with a friend or a relative. And now with our OCO application, they, they feel such uh, such an increase in confidence in, in safety um to be able to just go out there again on their own um so yeah the positive either the response has been tremendously great and that also like pushes on pushes a company like us into making that product even better over time um so yeah it's 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 really really motivating
0: yeah so talk to me a little bit then about do you guys have a, a roadmap uh, do you guys kind of have a plan in terms of rolling this out um, in some other countries or are you kind of focused on where you're at now to really lock it down
4: yeah I think there's um definitely a, a certain roadmap that our team has in mind uh, but we do want to leave it um, open as I mentioned it's it's been a co-creation and it, and it still is so we we have some ideas on like what might be interesting to bring to the o web but we also always try to validate those um, yeah, thoughts, let's say, or features before actually trying to implement it, because that, that would be probably one of the stupidest things to do, like us being engineers, trying to build a solution for a problem that isn't there. Um, so yeah, definitely there's a lot of cool stuff that might be uh, coming down to the OCO application. Thinking, for example, about like more information about the intersection is a great topic that we've been talking about to lots of users, like getting more granular information about the intersection. Like, is it a stop sign intersection versus a signalized intersection? How many lanes is uh, the street that I'm crossing? Um, Or just generally, which street am I crossing based on GPS? Um, Or is there a Middle Island? I mean, there's so many things that um, can be still informed related to the intersection and that's basically our, our core focus right now because we assist on the intersection level uh, but also maybe for example um, recognition of um, the crosswalk if there's no light that you have a better sense on where to cross a street um, or maybe even um, providing more granular information when you're veering off that people get a certain cue, like you, sh- you should move a little bit more to the left or a little bit more to the right. So there's a lot of cool things, um, yeah, in our minds and in the minds of, of our users. Um, just a matter of fact, just trying to find some sort of like common ground to uh, let our Oka app evolve into. Um, so yeah, I think definitely there's always a, yeah, people should always... Keep in mind our, our newest updates because one of the, the recent updates that we uh, pushed, I think it's almost a month now, we've added uh, the first GPS capability. And all it does is imagine that you went to a certain intersection where you used Oko on to, to interpret the light. Whenever you've crossed it, um, Oco now stores that specific location with the fact that you've used Oco on that specific location Mm -hmm. and whenever you're for example nearing that same intersection throughout the day or another uh, time in point we will trigger you and mention like hey in in 15 to 30 feet there's that intersection where you use Oco on you can open up the app right now to uh, get assistance on, on conveying the the information of the light so that, that is more sort of like in a direction that we're going in, like trying to improve um, both on the AIs, but also on like non-AI related things like GPS and things that we can incorporate in that um, in trying to, yeah, as I mentioned, get even a better user experience.
3: Yeah, I have one more question and I don't think it's available yet, but is part of your roadmap to bring it to Android at some point?
4: That's also a very good question that pops up uh, very often um i think there's quite some reasons to it why we're not yet focused on android um one of them one of them being of course that we're still a, uh, a small team sure uh, we're a team of four so our resources and times is also a bit limited and then on the other side of things there's uh the fact that um ios with the iphone um has been let's say the the dominant factor in accessibility right. uh, since day one um, and that also resulted into the fact that, let's say the majority in terms of percentages in the market is on iOS, which of course made sense for us to go there. But I think one of the biggest reasons why we're not yet on Android is more so due to a technical barrier. Um, as, as I mentioned, Oco runs locally on the phone. And given that Oco requires a lot of computational resources to calculate the, the artificial intelligence that we do, It requires a lot of computational power. And unfortunately, um, Apple has been pushing the boundaries there yet again uh, to make sure or basically to enable developers like us to process these complex uh, algorithms locally on the phone. Um, Because that's something that I haven't mentioned yet, but we do support an iPhone 8 or newer. Um, And even an iPhone 8, Surprisingly, although it's like a six, almost seven years old device, it's sometimes even better than, let's say, a new mid-entry Android phone that you should buy or would buy these days. Um, So the problem is that, of course, iPhone being Apple, it's like one vendor. But with Android, you have so many vendors. There's maybe hundreds, if not thousands of devices that you suddenly need to maintain and make sure that the experience that we're now getting is truly the same on any any other platform on Android, which makes it exponentially way harder um, to deliver that value as well. So of course there's definitely a willing to go there, but it's more like a technical barrier that keeps us from uh, going there right away.
3: Right, well, I think you'd have to limit, just like your iOS version you know, or iPhone 8 and higher, you'd have to limit it to like pixel phones or flagship models of Android, right? And,
4: yeah, indeed. Yeah. I think uh, to be, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think uh, my hypothesis would be that the Oco app would be definitely running a good fashion on like the high ends, the Google Pixel or the Samsung S series.
3: Mm-hmm. But
4: then the, 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 the trade-off, uh, have, right? like there's a quite some trade-off how many people are on these phones, given that yes. there's also, uh, they are higher end phones. And the yeah. reason why a lot of people are, are on Android is that it's more affordable. Yeah. So it's it's already a smaller percentage that are on Android. And within that smaller percentage, maybe a very small uh, percentage is on these higher end. So it's an interesting trade-off. And in all honesty, comparing for example, US with Belgium, in Belgium, you mostly see the, the mid entry, but, I've seen here in the U.S. a lot of people that are more even uh, towards that higher-end phone. So it maybe makes more sense for Okra to be on Android here in the U.S., as opposed to uh, maybe in Belgium. But yet again, that's not right now the the focus. Yeah, no, I have
3: to ask the question because I know there are Android blind folk out there that are asking if if it's going to come, and it totally makes sense as to why it's not there.
4: Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, that's a good question. I think in every other that we have, that question pops up and it's it's a natural question. Um, and for us, yeah, unfortunately that's literally that technical barrier um, which uh, not a lot of other companies have because they don't process that AI uh, right. locally on the phone.
3: Another reason to buy an iPhone.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, uh, here even in New York, but it, it started in Belgium that people would switch from Android to iPhone or buy a newer one But I think only in the past two or three weeks here, I've been seeing uh, a lot of people here physically in New York. And uh, I think already two or three of them that I know that bought a new one, because they never seemed to have some sort of like reason to do it, but now they had, uh, because I I literally showed them the difference. I think most of them were on an iPhone 8 um, versus my 14 Pro. So I, I handed over my phone so they could experience like the, the difference in speed of the recognition right. um, and also the ability to immediately get feedback when you're veering off. Um, and that's why it's so important that the AI runs very fast and you'll see that newer phones are way, way more capable in doing so. So indeed, a lot of people are buying, I know, maybe a lot, but there's, there are some people definitely that are buying new phones for, for our technology. Have you guys thought about
3: working with Openscape, it's kind of the 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 takeoff from Soundscape that Microsoft abandoned.
4: I know, I, I, I do know that Soundscape released their uh, their what is it their yeah their source code. Yeah, they say. released
3: their source code. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah indeed. But uh, is it is it named under a different brand? Because Openscape it, doesn't it, ring a bell to me. But
3: yeah, Openscape just went. I won't say public, but is out in the wild now and people are using it as of like the last okay. few weeks anyway. So it might be something to look at because I know a lot of people liked Soundscape.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been hearing that as well. Um <laughs> true to be told, we, we don't have Soundscape in Belgium, so sure. actually it was the first time like here being in the US that we were able to experience it. But it's it's just an app called OpenScape, and yep. you can find it both on App Store and Google store or?
3: That I'm not 100% sure of, so I'll have to look into that and I can email you.
4: Okay. Cool. Yeah, that would be great. Well,
0: Michael, uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about OCO. If um, people are in the U.S., have an iPhone and they, they want to download the app, how can they do that? And for those people who maybe don't, who just want to kind of keep up to date on what's going on and when maybe it might be available to them, where can they go to sort of find out more info and, and stay up to date?
4: Well, yeah, sure. So if you're here in the U.S. with an iPhone, you can, uh, in the App Store search bar, you can search for Oco, which is spelled OKO. So Oco AI Copilot for the Blind—that's the, the full name um, that you can find our Oco app under. And for those that want to, either uh, either they don't have an, an iPhone or not in a not in the US, for example, they can go to our website, which is a y e s dot ai, and there you can of course find more information about the Oco app and the current developments. Uh, but there's also a chat where you can directly chat with us or even subscribe uh, for uh, a newsletter to get the latest and the greatest on uh, the developments that are being done here uh, within ice thanks again
0: best of luck with the app Um, and thank you for for really for building this this app that i think is uh is an amazingly impactful app um, for the community yeah
4: thanks thanks for uh for having me today okay you all and uh all right. have a great evening you too, thanks, take michael, care you too yes. thanks take michael all right. bye-bye all
0: uh, well, such a cool app like that's such an amazing product that is lightweight and just incredibly useful
2: yeah i can't um, wait i really can't wait to try it i just and the only reason why i haven't tried it yet honestly is because it's just it's just been so hot and i really yeah. don't want to go out yeah, go outside and that. walk to the light and and sit there and just be miserable. so
3: well, the next you time know, you are out though and the weather's good, if you do an audio recording of yourself walking oh, and, and using the app,
2: oh yeah, I'm gonna I and because we can use
3: that on our website as well,
2: yeah. no, I'm going to do some uh do some create some footage
3: cool. and try to
2: get some uh, mm-hmm. uh get some real-time action. I really want to connect with Bradley Blair on this on honestly, yeah. Because I think Brad and I could have some fun and, um, and try it out and, and get some video. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, and it does, it kind of blows my mind that, you know, this is, you know, that previous to to this, there was just no solution. Like if you were just up, like if, if there was a big intersection and there was no audio signal, you're just kind of screwed.
3: Well, you listen to the traffic. That's what we're trained, right? Listen to the flow of the traffic and you, you, mm-hmm. you go. When you think or it's, what about or using that
2: or using be my eyes
3: yeah but we didn't have yeah, that you know true. five years yeah, ten years ago
0: yep. but ah, oh, man so so cool and just mm-hmm. so lightweight and and you know the i think the potential for so much more even is is really in there too but i'm curious you know I, and you know we've we've talked about AI, uh, ai a lot and i love that this is an example of ai like the good part of AI, because I get the feeling that previous to machine learning and AI, uh, building something like this just wouldn't have been possible.
3: Probably not at the speed it it it's at now. The development I, pace.
0: Yeah, I think there's just too many variables because you know they it it has to learn what and it has to be rock solid. Like what
3: what the walk signal is, what the what the don't walk signal is. Well, that's why he said he's not just looking at one picture, right? Yeah, it's this angle, mach- that angle. Right. That's the AI, the machine learning.
0: That's exactly. It's able yeah. to look at thousands of them and compare yeah. them and figure out and learn exactly what it is. So, um, yeah, very cool. Just very cool stuff. Should have asked so him what just, the
3: accuracy rate was. Like 95%, well, I mean, you know, I think that it's, if, I, I
0: don't know, man. I would think it would have to be 100 before they could really, well, I don't know.
2: Well, it gave, okay. it gave me a lot of comfort that if it wasn't sure that yeah, it just exactly. didn't do anything, yes. because that's, that's yeah. what, like I said, that's what always freaks me out about AI is that it just is like, okay, I'm, we're doing it this way. And I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, what if it, what if AI turns against us? It'll be like, okay, well, go ahead. They'll like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Cross. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, exactly
0: once AI, once AI goes rogue, we're all screwed. so. Dude. <laughs> going to
2: start
0: human <laughs> frogger yeah that's, that's, exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> that's terrible I, it's pretty bad. I was
0: so, oh and i was I so bad at
2: that game too
0: don't no, so listen if ai if ai turns against us uh, you know crossing <laughs> against the light is going to be the least of your problems so don't worry yeah. oh man so oh. that was very cool uh, Indeed, very very cool. I just you know I can't wait for it uh, to be released here in Canada or on Android. Um,
2: in the meantime, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll be I can totally... uh, I'll be representing. I'll be the guinea pig.
3: Excellent. Right.
0: But no, it totally makes sense why it's not. Like, uh, oh, absolutely. you know, uh, this is the downside of the Android platform and it being mm-hmm. so open is that, yeah, for developers, sometimes it, just, it makes it 10 times as hard to develop something when there's so many other variables, right? So, well,
3: and why would you? You know, you look at an iPhone and you've got some pretty standard. Hardware that is in an iPhone. Yeah. You look at Samsung, they've got 15 different models of Samsung phones. Yeah, exactly. Google Pixel has, you know, two or three different variations. LG's right. got their own. So, yeah, it, it would just be a mess.
0: Yeah, totally. It would be very hard to develop for sometimes. So, and especially yeah. when you're using sort of cutting-edge
3: technology like AI. the Then the hardware's got to be there. And that's why I hard... said it would have to be like flagship phones, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: but who knows, um, you know,
3: there was four of those guys, they, they have their work cut out for them. So well, he did say hard. they'll be at the NFB and ACB shows in the next couple of weeks. So if you're there in the U S and you're in those regions, head on over and say, hello. That's right. And if you're a fan of
0: thrillers too bad, you already missed thriller fest. It was apparently it was last <laughs> weekend. So you got of luck.
2: It like, what's, it.
0: what's the next, uh, what's the next thing?
3: Like oh, a, she's probably, uh, probably going to hit the karaoke mancer fest, or
2: the, wait, the next actual conference, or the next yeah. time I'm not going to be on your show.
3: No,
0: no, no, no. Yeah, Conference, conference. Oh, con- yeah. yeah uh, nice the next conference.
2: one is uh, is called Bouchercon. I'm not, I'm not going to Bouchercon because I'm going to be in Europe.
3: Oh wow! <laughs> when are you going what to Europe? Europe?
2: I'll be in, I'll be in, I'll be in Europe for for a certain for a few dates.
3: Man, she's just so mysterious. Uh, she won't answer she, any questions, right? She never accepts the calendar invites. She never, invite. she never tells you if she's showing up for a show. It's just I, like
0: I don't know. I used to think if she's here, she's not. here. I used, used to think she's like a traveling dominatrix, but now really, she may be a spy. I don't even know. Well, we know she won't tell operative.
3: us. She won't tell us about her boyfriend. So I know. if he's a spy or something similar, exactly. maybe yeah. she's undercover.
0: I, that's what i'm thinking i will this not confirm like nor deny theme. of course it's just like i'm gonna be in europe at a certain time that's right during a certain period of time maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> doing stuff <laughs> i might be here i might not be here yeah very <laughs> maybe it's not even europe <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i'm thinking maybe that's Ooh. my cover
3: yep. wow
2: Mm-hmm. i have
0: been you know,
2: now See, I've been working with thriller authors for too long <laughs> I'm <kidding. laughs> That's
3: right
0: Man, <laughs> alright, well Dinner Well, time. let us know Let us know when you're going You have to book time off, you know
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know, I, I'm afraid you're going to dock my pay <laughs> <laughs> That's right, <laughs> That's right.
3: <laughs> Yes, we're going to dock your pay
0: Hey, wait! Did we, steve? steve? hey steve steve you there steve yeah i'm here yeah, yeah. oh there you are okay oh, I, thought, I, thought I thought he left no i thought no, no, i'm here he i'm sorry something. i
1: uh i i went i went down a rabbit hole uh, <laughs> <laughs> the I, I started i started googling stuff and and then <laughs> <I> did that <laughs> and that then you couldn't in.
2: stop and
3: then i couldn't stop and that's funny
1: and, and i ended up um, finding my cousin in prison so hey there you go. Hey. <laughs> Turns out he's oh. been in Louisiana all this time and I just Oh heard. wow.
0: Really? You've yeah. got a cousin Ooh. in jail in Louisiana?
1: Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah.
0: See, Liz, that's how you be that's how you're that's how you be upfront about stuff. You need to tell us <laughs> Liz won't even tell us where she's going for vacation in Europe. And Steve is just like
3: Well it might oh, not be Europe.
2: It oh, might not sorry. be Europe.
0: You yeah, said right, that might be the
3: code in. word.
2: It's my co- it's my cover. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she's she's going to one of
1: those secret sex resorts come on that's all it is
2: <laughs> that's she what just doesn't my, want
1: to admit it out loud it's
0: my fine. original theory but i don't know now i don't know <laughs> I, maybe it'll come up with a trump trial maybe she's one of the she's <laughs> one of his oh, classified God. documents
1: <laughs> oh lord hey, oh, is there any golf courses near your list <laughs> 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 <sighs> yeah,
2: yeah there is are. actually
1: there is oh there you go yeah she's definitely seen trump stocks yeah, exactly. Everybody <laughs> else has, why not her? he leaked
0: out. Um, all right. Well let's get out of here. Let's uh, go. Hey, righty Ryan. Yeah, Liz.
2: Uh yeah, Rob. I, I don't know. Okay,
0: <laughs> hold on. Steve. It, see, this, this, is what happened. <laughs> this is what happened. Okay. Hey Liz.
2: Uh hey Rob. Where
0: are you going in Europe? <laughs> You can just tell me. I won't tell anybody. It's a secret. (laughs) All right, fine. Well, where can people find us?
2: They can find us at ATBanter.com. Maybe. (laughs) I will not confirm nor deny.
0: They can also drop us an email for sure at cowbell at ATBanter.com.
3: And they can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Mastodon and Facebook. And they can find Steve's cousin in the
0: cafeteria lineup at the Louisiana <laughs> prison. That's right.
1: <laughs> and I finally have his address after searching for it for years.
0: Oh, really?
3: Yeah. Well, well yeah, I guess. Yeah. And he's I want to know what you know kind what? of rabbit hole led you down to that. Finding uh, your cousin in Louisiana. Uh, a notice
1: from ancestry.com saying that uh, I had new
3: hints. Uh, <laughs> that'll that'll do it. Yeah. That didn't actually
1: lead me directly to him to him. It just it just made me go, geez, I haven't Googled for David recently. So, <laughs> so I Googled for him and, and it came up that he's involved in a lawsuit. And hey, here we go. There there he was. You know,
0: I sh- I really need to do that. I should do that at ancestry.com because I don't know nothing about my family. I know I've got a lot of cousins up, but I don't know where any of them are. Oh my! Yeah, Lord, Linda I, did it. She's waiting
3: for her results.
1: Yeah. I'm, ba- I'm back to the 1700s now in Scotland.
0: Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. yeah it's I'm to do that. What it's do you crazy. What do you got to? Okay. Well, anyways, I'll talk to you, Mike, about that. I don't All bore right. the audience. All right. <laughs> that is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks, of course, to Michael for joining us, and we will see everybody next week. Bye.